Welcome to Man to Man Podcast. Before we begin our episode, we gotta shout out Anchor for making this podcast even possible. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, easy to use for recording and uploading your episodes, and the best part, they distribute the podcast for you so you can be heard on places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It also allows you to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Man to Man, the best NBA podcast where we bring you live updates, news, highlights, and entertainment straight to your ears. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the hoop star, Nash. How you doing, Hoop? You doing all right? Hey, trying to make it through here, man. This quarantine stuff, you never know how this is going to treat quarantine, chilling on the classes, not really doing anything right now? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been hard. It's been hard for sure. For you, bro. Well, I got my last paycheck in, so we'll see how we survive for the rest of the month here in Chicago. We apologize for the delayed episode. Um, as we all know, COVID-19 has prevented us from coming out with much more on the NBA, as NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has indefinitely suspended the season. But with that being said... We promise you guys big things coming for 2020, so we intend to keep that promise. We're super excited to bring on our very first NBA player to talk to us about his process of making it in the league and everything going on with the NBA right now regarding to the coronavirus. So this young stud in the wall, originally (laughs) from Nashville, Tennessee, listed as 6'5", shooting guard out of Lipsum University, Washington Wizards professional shooter Garrison Matthews is here live with us. What's going on, G-Mats? How you doing, brother? Man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, we hope you all staying you. safe out there. Yeah, hope you're staying <laughs> safe, bro. We appreciate you taking the time to, you know, come on and talk to us during this unusual and unprecedented time, as I say. Sure is unusual, for it's sure. Crazy. Right. Um, so, Garrison, with everything going on right now, are you – are you back home in Nashville or are you just kind of self-quarantining in, uh, in Washington? Yeah, I'm back. And, uh, I've been kind of going back and forth. Uh, I sometimes I stay at my dad's house in Kentucky and just kind of, but I'm stay um, I'm staying mostly in Nashville. I'm trying to get my place right now, you know, uh, to be by myself, my, uh, my family, my, my stepdad's a little bit sick. So try to, I mean, you know, if anybody gets sick, it could be just a cold, but, you know, everybody's on edge about anything. Hey, no, so. no such thing as a cold. Nowadays, Trying to get my right? own place, but right. So, well, how well yeah, how is this how is this crazy. affecting? I'll I'll ask you this: How is this affecting you, um, just personally, right now? You know, I mean, like like <laughs> uh, like uh, like Andy said earlier. I mean, Adam Silver suspended us indefinitely for right now, so I mean. My rookie season could be over. It could come back. You just don't know. Right. Um, so I'm trying to do as much <laughs> as I can to stay ready for if they call me back. And, uh, yeah, you know, I got a gym that I work out here that's a private gym. So that's I'm fortunate I have a half court I can shoot on. I got a weight room I can lift. So, I mean, I'm doing good. You know, just, and it, you know, it came in a time where, you know, your body's worn down. Um, it's the yeah. end of the season. It's a grind. And so, <laughs> I mean, really, it's a time where you can you can rest and kind of refocus and get ready for a push towards the end or just going to off season, man. All right. Yeah. Hey, we're big, we're big Pacers fans, man. Garrison, if you didn't know, so <laughs> we're trying to get Depot to kind of get some rest. Like you guys are talking about, everyone's kind of getting that rest, you know, who knows, maybe Kyrie and KD can come back and make a run in the East, but 
It's crazy. Like said, Any, man, I mean, we got we got John Wall. We got John Wall that's been out all year. Right? Yeah. Hey, yeah. maybe he'll be good enough. I don't. I don't know what the what his his status is. What he's gonna do? But yeah. I mean, it's it's cool. Like since I I'm on a two way, I go back and forth. I've gotten to play with him um, in practice with the G League and be on his team and just play with him. It's it's impressive, man. I'll tell you that he's teaching you how to do the Dougie over there too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Garrison. Well. Nonetheless, man, um, let's just give our listeners some background on how you got to this point. We did our research, so check us out here. Um, you played high school ball. It sounds like you were a football guy as well as a basketball guy. Um, not not a Nashville boy. We're going to call you out on this. You know, you can say you're from Nashville. You, you ain't a Nashville boy that, like the Lipscomb boy over here. But you ended up uh, getting offers from USC Upstate, uh, UMass Lau, and Austin P. Um, you took official visits to Upstate and Lau. But at the end of the day, you decided to go to your hometown favorite, right? Lipscomb University, where you ended up playing D1 basketball for four years and ultimately made history at that school program in multiple ways. Knowing that you took official visits to both of those schools, but not Lipscomb, from what I'm aware, how did you ultimately become a Bison? Well, I mean, I didn't really have to take an official visit just because it was like 20 minutes from my house. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I got to know the staff really, really well. Like, I I mean, I got to know the other staffs as well, which they were great at the other schools, man. But ultimately, it came down to being close to home. Um, You know, I was fortunate to have my family come to almost all my home games. So that was, that played a big role into it for sure. But I mean, the staff, the staff really sold it. I mean, they were, I was fortunate to play for those guys um, and it really worked out. Yeah. Um, and then, but that was, that was probably what the last, wasn't that the the last option though? Um, looking at Lipscomb, like, were you, were you more set? Was it like a last minute decision for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they had offered another guy and they were waiting to see what he was doing. And I was, I was close to, it was between UMass Lowell and USC upstate. Um, and I was leaning towards more towards upstate. Um, and coach Alexander was, was letting this guy make his decision. He ended up committing somewhere else and he offered me and I committed that next day. So it was really, really towards the end of the period where guys are committing and stuff like that. So it was kind of late. Okay. Right. Yeah, for sure. But it worked out, it worked out in your favor. I would say, you know, it, it was pretty much a, a match made in heaven, right? Is that mm-hmm. what you would say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look like I, I go from being a little fat kid that, loves playing football to completely changing his body and changing his game where I end up having a great career and, and play, and having a lot of success as a team winning the championship. I, I wouldn't change the last four years for anything. Right. Right. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of transition into this, you know, how you put yourself on the NBA radar. I mean, nonetheless, man, you had an amazing career at Lipscomb. Um, being selected all conference in the A-Sun as a sophomore, averaging about 21, 22 points, uh, leading your team to a first ever NCAA tournament. I was hype. Um, and then leading your team in scoring the last three years with over 20 points per game. You made a name not only for you, but also obviously for Lipscomb and that school's program. Like I said, was it the position that Lipscomb kind of put you in to have so much success or was it the success that you created for yourself to ultimately put you on the radar for NBA scouts to have an interest in you. I could not put my success just on myself to the success, but the amount of people that poured into me and invested in me, um, I think ultimately has helped me get to where I'm at. I mean, 
I go like my freshman year, I, I don't play much at the beginning. Somebody gets injured, one of our best players, and I kind of get thrust in there. And I averaged like 10, I think, my freshman year. Yeah. And that offseason, um, I was fortunate enough to meet a guy. His name is Jordan, Jordan Romine, who is still my trainer today, but improved my game tremendously. Yeah. Um, I go from, I mean, each year my three-point percentage went up from like 30% to end up being 40 by the time I graduated. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, the way Coach Coach Alexander's style of play was fit perfectly for me. I mean, it was it was a lot of these things, and not only do they develop us on the floor, but off the floor as well. I mean, I come in as a as a hothead, having off the court issues, and 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 they completely shape me as a person um, on the court yeah. for sure. But even off the floor, that com- helps me. Um, with the platform that I have today. So uh, I'm very fortunate for that. Yeah. I tell you, same thing, man. I grew up in public school and then I transferred over to Lipscomb uh, sophomore year of high school and Richie Pickens, man, when I got on that basketball team, I was like, why is everybody quitting, man? I was like, Oh shit. It's, yeah. Hey, Richie Pickens ain't playing over here. It's Lipscomb basketball <laughs> over here, baby. Um, sure. Yeah. Super for dope, sure. man. Super dope for sure. I mean, I, I would just say, I think it's like you kind of mentioned, I think it was just accumulation of, at least from what I saw, you know, as Lipscomb's building up to be a better and better, you know, program in general as a Division One. You mean, you hear even ESPN reporters say now, like, "Hey, Lipscomb, you gotta watch out for Lipscomb," or even like yeah. a Belmont in that in those small conferences. And I think you, you and that that team that made a run, kind of put them on a map for per se. Is that kind of your same mindset in that? Yeah, you know, you know what's crazy you say about that is. When Coach Alexander took the job, um, he had a lot of guys that weren't his. I mean, they were great guys. I got to play with some of them, great players. But the culture completely started to change. I mean, I I remember um, walking in the student center one day, and somebody I was just talking to somebody went up to him and started talking to him, and they were like, "You know what? It's kind of cool you did this because no way." the past couple of years with the best player on this would come up to me and start talking in the, in the student center. Nice. So coach Alexander set this, set this culture that he wanted. Mm-hmm. He wanted guys that were high character guys that were going to make the school look good. And, and I know you have great athletes, you're going to have a good program, whatever, but that's something that's overlooked that helps a team so much when you have a good culture of good guys. I mean, we, we got to play with each other for a while um, through years, and that helped for sure. But you got a good culture of good guys. Nobody cares who's taking the shots. Nobody cares who's scoring all the points. Um, right. And that's really, really what set us up for success. All right. So let's let's go into then, okay, so your college career is, is finished. you looking towards the combine, I'm guessing, the NBA combine. Um, you, I think you had a couple of looks from either, I think it was the Hawks and the Wizards, obviously and go with the Wizards. Um, I mean, play in some of those games. You even started one of those games. You started two of the games. Yeah. And so how was that like playing in the summer league um, compared to your college career? And in fact, that you were playing against, you know, top round draft picks. How does that affect your pressure level and stuff, you know, to ultimately try to push for a roster spot? Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of, I mean, throughout college, obviously I had a great career, but a lot of, a lot of scouts and a lot of uh, people on the professional level are like, the questions were, can this guy do this? He'd be in higher level talent. I mean, obviously I come from a weaker conference, so there's going to be those kind of questions. And, and really, I think the, were really, because I never thought I had a chance to be where I'm at today. 
for sure. And I think really what set what really helped me out was that NIT run we made. Um, I got to play against high level talent. I made hey, that NC State and, game, boy. <laughs> it was yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, those games right there really put me on the map and and showed that I can play against good talent, great mm-hmm. talent. And um, and so so that I was fortunate enough to sign with an agent uh, soon after uh, the NIT. Uh, he put me in a position. I went up to Myrtle Beach for a month, and he put me in a position. I think I had 14 teams scheduled to work out with, nice. um, and I, I ended up doing seven of them. Then got injured, so I had to sit out till after the draft. Um, heard from the Wizards; they wanted to do a two-way that night of the draft. Um, quickly jumped on that, uh, and then you know it's it's funny you say that because like even now, like where I'm at, I'm just I'm constantly at all just thinking, man, I come from a mid talent. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're playing against guys like I know when you guys played the Knicks and that last I think it was the last summer league game, um, like, you know, R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox. And I was actually looking, looking at it, um, the game before. I think the first game you started was against the Clippers. They had you listed as a power forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, you're going against guys like Jerome Robinson, who actually is on the Wizards now. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I think that. The, yeah. The biggest thing that kind of Liam and I were talking about, and we watch summer league every summer. It's, it almost seems like these guys, you know, like you're saying that come from a mid-major school or, or weaker conference, these guys are trying to get spots. So is there more of like a, a selfish side, you know, even though it's not really said that you're going to shoot the ball, like you got to get your years in, you know, as they say, but um, is, is there any teaching from that? Hey, I know you guys are gonna be selfish from the coaching staff, but Hey, be selfless and pass the ball and kind of, that's the way you would get better recognized and rather just go out there and just, you know, try to make a name for yourself and you might do something stupid while you're doing it. Yeah. And that's all, I think that's a lot of what, even what guys come out like first year out of college and, and stuff like that, they struggle with their identity and they, they don't play within themselves and their game. They try to venture off and do stuff that they normally wouldn't. Um, and that's not their game. And I've always been a team guy. I've always been played through and with my teammates and, uh, I, I try to always stick to that. I play, I try to play the right way. I play with other people. I, you know, obviously there's some questions sometimes about shot selection with anybody. <laughs> um, but, but that's really where my game came from, comes from. And when you get into that, you really, really have to check yourself and your ego. Right. If, if you got a high ego and you, you ain't going to make it because <laughs> I go from averaging 20 of the past three years to sit on the bench. All right. It's just a different feel. But if you got a big ego, you're going to struggle with that. Right. And and but if you if you stick to playing with the team, playing the right way, and not venturing outside of yourself, you you're gonna be all right. And that's really what I've tried to stick to. Yeah, sure. that I mean that's the I feel like that would be the biggest thing for any player. You know, not even coming from taking all of the other scenarios out of it. That's the that's what a player deals with day in and day out of going and transitioning from any team to a new team. Right. That's just. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously for you, I feel like it might have been just a little bit more, I don't know, more of an impact. But it seems like you, you dealt with it well. You moved on, and you and that's why you are in the position you are today. I guess the, the follow-up to that one is just my biggest thing is all I kept hearing was um, when you were getting drafted was the media. The media this, the media that, and it's like you – some of the interviews I saw you, you, I mean, you did great in them. You answered the the questions that needed to be answered in a very, you know, precise way. But did that, did you have any like training 
in like answering media questions at all? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I necessarily had practice. I mean, we'd always have like after our games that you have a great game, you interview with the with the courtside guys or whatever. But I mean, it was on like ESPN three and stream and stuff like that. So, right. I, but I credit that to kind of the way I was raised. I've always been kind of a humble guy. Right. Um, I hate hate the spotlight. I hate talking about my successes. I hate you know what I did this game, I'm going to sit here and reflect on it. No, I don't, I don't do that. I, uh, and I know like personally, I wouldn't be who I met without my teammates. You know, like I play with my teammates and a lot of them, I credit them to the buckets that I got from whether it be a great screen, a great pass, a great look from one of my teammates. And, and I talk about that in my interviews because I mean, I I've always been big on trying to be a humble guy. I mean, you got to have confidence, which I don't struggle with, but, there's a fine line between cocky cockiness and confidence and and you can tell the guys um in their interviews who's all about themselves and who's about the team so when i'm doing interviews and stuff like that i try to reflect on the team because that's what's most important that's why i know like if i ain't got my teammates i ain't i ain't doing this you know so (laughs) that's that's really important to me and that's that's kind of how i handle the media um but no to answer your question there, there wasn't much practice that i had with that it was just just the way I am. Right. Well, then that's that's the perfect answer. Then you know, uh, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, first answer. Yeah. <laughs> perfect hey, that, answer that, that, again. That. You know, I guess you could call us a media for some reason, but I mean, perfect answer yeah. again. Um, so let's go into you know you you go through the the combine, you get the summer league over with. Now you're on this the Washington Wizards team. At that point, was that the the point mm-hmm. in which you? you know, felt that all your hard work really just paid off. And now that you're on, I mean, officially you're on an NBA roster. Was that the point in which, oh my gosh, I've done all this hard work. I've done this and that. I mean, I, oh, I made Mama it. did something after yeah, that. I, yeah, like, I mean, like what, what was that sequence of like, I made the spot. I'm here. I made it. Like, was that the goal at the, at the beginning? Like I made it. Nah, man, I've, I have not felt content with where I'm at regardless. I mean, I, I was happy with when I signed that two way and I got that call, but now my next step is being full to straight roster, you know? And, um, even with, with that heat game where I, where I played really well, you know, I was at halftime, I had like 22, I was like, all right, I got to carry it in. And I always am thinking about the next step that I have to do. I'm not sitting here and, and pleased with what I've just done. I mean, yeah, I'm happy that I did that, but I don't sit here and reflect on it. I, I know it's over and you got to move on. And so to answer your question, no, I'm not content with where I'm at. Um, I've always set goals for myself. And even when I signed that two-way, I'm like, oh, I made it. No, my next step is to be on the roster. Once I sign that roster spot, there's going to be another goal. I'm not going to be content with just being on the roster. I'm still going to continue to work as hard as I can to meet that next step that I have. So no, there's never a point where I'm going to be like, okay, I'm content. Because if I'm content, then I'm in trouble. Right. I was going to say that was my, I was going to be my follow-up. It's just like, so you obviously just said your next goal is to be on the roster. So say say you reach that goal, because I think that's a very, you know, foreseeable goal as of right now. So what's that next, you know, future goal then? I'll say that you made the roster spot. Are you, what, do you even, do you even think that far ahead? Or what's that goal? For you, uh, I mean, no, I haven't thought about it. I mean, right now, I'm really just focused on, you know, trying to trying to make that roster. And then, after, to be honest with you, like after I make that roster, I mean, even now, like 
uh, I want to win games and win a championship. But once I make that roster, it's going to quickly turn into winning the championship. Like when I won player of the year, man, it was way more important that we won a championship. Um, I can't care way more about winning than I do about where my head is with that. All right. All right. All right well, you just talked about it. Um, we're going to go into how you got the nickname <laughs> professional shooter. Um, yeah. no, you're good. You're good. Um, within weeks of joining the wizards, right. you mentioned in a pregame interview that, uh, you're not just a basketball player, but you're a <laughs> professional shooter. And then somehow you go and, and drop 28 points that night against a, a Miami heat team. That's just absolutely balling right now in the East. Let's take a look at that real, real quick. All right. You want to see how good Garrison is as a, a student Garrison, if you could just look into the camera and just tell people, what do you do for a living? See, I had to sit down and think about this, you know? Yeah. I had to talk to a few people. I had to really change my mindset and realize that I'm not just a basketball player. I'm, I'm a professional shooter. <laughs> Thanks, brother. So you could even do it with a straight face. <laughs> that's a good one. That's, that's one of the best interviews I think I've ever seen. so we love this quote from you man uh what inspired you to come up with that title and is this the garrison matthews we're about to see for years to come man yeah what's funny about that is chris miller the guy that was interviewing me came in the locker room a few days before and he was talking he was like garrison you know what you do i'm like what he's like you're not just a basketball player i'm like what are you telling me like you're a professional shooter and he's mine, and on Monday or whatever day it is, the night of the heat game, you're going to do an interview for it, you're going to tell the audience that's what you are. So it was, it was meant for a joke. Um, it yeah. was, was not serious. It was, it was planned out. Um, and at the end of the video, it, I start laughing. Right, but sports, right. and when they put it on, it makes me look, it just cuts that off and makes me look like I was being dead ass. <laughs> and it, it was funny because it's like, damn, man, I look so cocky doing this. And that's not like, I hate that, but I mean, uh, out, everyone it's, it's uh it's, it's funny how that how they made that play out for sure yeah yeah, yeah. well i don't know because i got a lot of texts after that I'm like what has gotten into you is this new uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i mean i mean to be fair we we we, we clipped the whole interview so we got justice yeah. on that you got justice on seeing you laughing <laughs> afterwards Sports Center, dude. <laughs> but uh That's so funny. let's you mentioned it a little bit earlier um, here, but I just want to know really like, you know, you, you, you mentioned John Wall, you mentioned Bradley Beal, you mentioned, I mean, even, even like an Isaiah Thomas at the time, all of them have been an all-star. So how has like being a part of a team with all-stars on it, like impacted you in involving your game? You know, have you taken anything away from them? Yeah, no, they have for sure. I mean, they're, they're, they're great players one, but also, I mean, they're great guys. I mean, they're, they're quick to want to help younger guys quick to help them learn. Um, and fortunate enough for me, I've, I've built a mindset. Yeah. I was the guy in college. That's always going to ball. Now my role has completely changed. Um, I'm, I'm the role player who's going to knock down open shots and play super hard on defense. And that's what my role is. And I got to accept that. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to score um, 30 points a game. That's for Brad. That's for John. Um, I'm, I'm there to play as hard as I can. And if they see something wrong, they're going to tell you, if they see you do something right, they're going to congratulate you. Like they're those type of dudes and, um, you know, just watching them and the way they lead by example. And, uh, I, I haven't gotten to play with John, but he is, he's very vocal on the bench and I've gotten to practice him a lot. 
and he's I've learned a ton from him in practice and just mm-hmm. listening to him and the way he leads and the way he tells people to do certain things um and then when I'm playing with Brad I mean it's just fun playing with him and just watching him and the way he breaks people down and I I enjoy being able to help space the floor for him um I mean when you see like guys that can't help off of me on much so that opens lanes for him and uh it's a very valuable piece because it's easier for him to get buckets um I mean those guys are just great leaders you know I mean John Wall he we were we were doing a one-on-one drill in practice like a couple weeks ago and and uh he, he drove past me and just banged on my head and uh, I, tried, I don't know why I jumped with him, but I did. Um, but he, he's not one of those guys. He's not, he's not going to trash talk you into that. He he's on to the next play. And, and uh, I, I, I like how much they, they, they talk with their play, you know? Right. Um, like I think all that trash talking is fake toughness. If you, you, you talk with your play, that's important to those guys. That's what they do. And um, it's just fun to watch, man. And you, and a guy like me, first coming out of coming out of college, is you can learn so much from those guys just by yeah. watching them. Right. Yeah. And, and it's helped to develop. And plus, like in in preseason, I was always against uh, Brad, and I was always guarding him in practice. And yeah, he gave me buckets, but it continued to make me better defender. And you you can see drastically how much my defense has improved from college, just right. being able to guard him. And and that that's helped me out more than more than I can say. Right, right. Yeah, I was just about to mention you and Brad, it, it seems like had the same role. So I was just thinking while you were saying, I was like, you've had to gone up against Brad multiple times in practice. Yeah. And John Wall using that left hand dunk is ferocious, man. It's, you can't stop. All it. on my head. All on my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gary. So we only got a couple more for you. We won't take too much of your time, but uh, we're going to go into, I think you already mentioned it. So we're not going to ask that first question, Liam, about, you know, the season being um suspended you know right. what's it mean for a player like your position we kind of already talked about that we'll do our last one. you know what's you know what's tough about that i'm gonna mention that real quick yeah go for is it is for a guy like me coming out of college doing those pre-draft workouts where everything being able to go and show what i can do in front of these teams against high level guys just those six-man workouts mm-hmm. and it's tough for a guy like me if i was coming out of college this year i don't I, I may not be here. Right. Yeah. Guys coming out of college that are mid-major this year, they're not going to get a chance to do pre-draft workouts. They're not going to get a chance to be seen by these in the NCAA tournament. And so it's going to be tough for those guys. They might not have jobs just because of this disease that's going around, man. It's tough. Right. That's like pretty much the perfect scenario for you because if you were, you know, you got held back one year or you, you know, took a redshirt year and this was your year, you might not be in this position. Is that is that fair exactly. to say? Yeah, Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy, man. It hurts. It's hurting so many guys. I mean, I think. I mean, obviously, you got those mid, those high major guys that it probably won't hurt. But the mid major guys that are on the on the verge, like I was, man, it's killing them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then you know, we were just talking about giving the whole seriousness of the situation. Like, what do you think will happen with the rest of the season? Have you heard of anything, or do you have like any sort of idea of? when they're coming back or is the NBA season just done with man this year? Man, I have no clue. Like absolutely no clue. I mean, I'm just trying to stay ready. I know. I mean, for a lot of guys, I don't, I'm fortunate enough to have a a private house that this guy lets me work out at. um, Mm -hmm. So I can stay in shape and stay ready as much as I can. But man, we just have no clue. I mean, I could be in the off season right now, but you just, you just never know. So I guess the last question we got for you is 
I mean, obviously, we all know what's going on right now in the in the whole, you know, terms of the big world um, situation. But what for you and the mindset that you have as a basketball player is where where do you see yourself, you know, after the season? Like we kind of touched on it, but like what is like your I don't know. What is the mindset for saying like what do you want to accomplish from the rest of the season if it does start back up? If it doesn't start back up, where is your headspace in terms of the future for Garrison Matthews after this season? Yeah, I mean, if 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 we were to continue the season, man, I, I want to continue just help us win games, play as hard as I can, show that I can defend, show that I can knock down shots, um, and then after that, if I'm on the roster next year, man, just play as hard as I can to win games. Right. Um, I believe I'm a roster player. Um, I mean, the opportunity that I've been given this year, I played well. Um, a lot of, and unfortunate, like, I hate that some of our guys got injured, but it put me in a position where I had to get an opportunity and a lot of two way guys don't get that. Um, so I've shown what I can do and I believe that I've shown that I can be on the roster and, uh, um, from there, man, I'm just going to play as hard as I can to, to help us win games. I mean, once I signed that contract, I mean, I'm all in for the team and I mean, I'm all in for the team right now, but you know what I mean? You're going to be all just focused on just straight winning right. and that's it. And that's, that's all I, I'm, I'm looking forward to once I sign that contract right. is be able to just play as hard as I can for that team and, and, and just win games, man. I mean, I don't care what my role is as long as I'm helping the team win. Right. I got a question yeah. uh, on top of that, if you don't mind Garrison. So you have this two way yeah. contract for the people that might not know a lot about what that means, especially with this whole weird stuff going on right now. Does your, does your contract have a set date for, both of these teams that you play for the G league and the wizards or is, are they doing anything to that to kind of move that around a little bit since all this is happening or how does that, how does a contract like that work? When does it end? Well, so the way it works is I signed that two way contract and I all with the preseason, I was with the NBA team and all the way up until the G league preseason started and they didn't count towards my days. So with the two way, you get 45 max days in the league. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was with the G League beginning, got hurt. I was out for a while. Um, and then I got about 20 days or so with the NBA team. Um, during the season, I never practiced with them, not once during the season. So I was always either practicing with the G League or playing with them, and then they call me up for that game that night. Wow. Um, so it's, it's tough going back and forth like that, um, just being able to build chemistry with the guys up there and having them trust you with the ball and having them trust – passing me the ball like that I mean you can't really build chemistry like that um that you want to have but it's good for me to get experience um and play a lot of minutes because I can play for both teams um but now I'm not sure like if the NBA season comes back I don't know if the G League season will come back may or may not if it doesn't then Mm -hmm. I'll be with just straight wizards it won't count towards days or anything so I'll just play with them um, Mm -hmm. and practice with them so that'll be good um but if, if the G League season continues, I would imagine that I would be practicing with them and then they'd call me up for games just like the normal regular season. Right. I just I just hope your your wizards don't see our pacers in the in the playoffs, man. Yeah, just I know y'all, y'all got a chance to come back now and make that at least that eighth spot, man. So it'd be a nice to make a little push, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, hey Garrison, uh man, we, we really do appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, thank you for 
being, I guess, the best guest uh, that we've had on our <laughs> podcast so far. Um, just know that, man, all of Nashville is behind you. We are supporting you in your future endeavors right now. And, and we really hope that you and your family stay safe through all these unprecedented times, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. It means a lot. And I hope y'all's family stay safe as well. And uh, anytime y'all ever want to talk, man, just hit me up. I appreciate y'all having me on. Of course, of course. Appreciate it. Well, with that, this uh, this week's episode is a wrap. Make sure to follow us on social media at Man to Man Podcast on Instagram and at Man to Man Pod on Twitter, and go rate us those five stars. You know, good reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure also for our YouTube listeners, make sure you hit that subscribe button as we live stream all of our episodes every Wednesday and Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. But with that, we will catch you next Wednesday. Namaste to you guys. Hey, yo. Namaste. Pace the nation, baby. <laughs> <laughs>